Welcome to Resiliency Within, featuring your host, Elaine miller Karras. In unprecedented times, our beliefs and well-being are put to the test. When we take the things we've learned in life and look at challenges in a whole new way, we learn to develop resiliency, which can then be used to promote healing and personal strength. Now, here is Elaine miller Karras. Welcome, everyone, to Resiliency Within. I'm your host, Elaine miller Karras. I also want to let you know that we're live stream- streaming on Facebook at Resiliency Within if you want to see what we all look like. So I am so excited because this is an encore. My guests today are Lauren Rizel and Joelle Castex from Spot the Line, and they are here to talk about a brand new free app that can identify, prevent, and de-escalate sexual harassment. We talked about it a number of months ago, but it has actually been launched on April 1st. Is that right? Is that when it was launched? All right. And they are here to talk about what's happening now that it's launched. And those of you that didn't hear that show are going to hear it now and the exciting work that these two women have done in the world. But let me tell you a little bit about each one of them. And you can see a longer bio on our Voice America page. So, let me say a little bit about Lauren. I've known her for a number of years and she, um, through her company esteem, she has led a dynamic team of instructors and providing well over 1000 trainings in sexual harass and assault prevention. And I can't even imagine, um, Lauren, how many that peop- how many people that ends up being? Well, we tried to figure it out and we're at about 35,000. 35,000. It's just amazing. So yeah. she has helped individuals learn how to protect themselves. And she is the co-founder of Spot the Line. And Spot the Line is a tech startup company. And I'm going to let them tell you what exactly it is. So Joelle Castix is a leading global expert, author, keynote speaker for survivors of child sexual assault and institutional cover-up. She is the chief content officer of Spot the Line, and she has best-selling publications, including The Well-Armored Child, A Parent's Guide to Preventing Child Sexual Abuse, The Compassionate Response, How to Help and Empower the Adult Victim of Child Sexual Abuse, and The Power of Responsibility that is based on her, I love this, wildly successful TEDx talk that pe- people can still listen to that, right? TEDx is over, always out there and you can listen to your to your talk. Oh yeah, it's, it's all, um, you can listen or stream it on YouTube. All right, so look at all the different ways that we have to, um, to access our, uh, our guest today. But let me just say a little bit, uh, you know, section, sexual harassment issues can be intimidating to address, jarring to report and confusing to identify whether it's illegal or just creepy. With custom action steps and empowerment tools to help the user move forward with confidence, I spot the line sexual harassment meter. I wanna say it again, sexual harassment meter, because you're all gonna know in just a little bit how to get this this free app on your phone, is groundbreaking tool to help victims proceed beyond uncomfortable, confusing, and sometimes illegal situations with courage and support I love this. So you say it's a power in your pocket. I just love that you talk about it um, that way. And, you know, I was thinking about too, when I was preparing for the show, I used to work at a large county hospital and I used to work with the interns. And I remember one situation in particular, there was what I would say for sure was a, um, a senior, uh, a resident who was very much sexually harassing some of the younger uh, female interns. And I remember one of them coming to talk with me and she was confused about whether that's what it really was. She goes, well, you know, sometimes people pat you and it's like, hey there, how, you, how are you? But you could see just even with the, the question, 
that there was uncertainty. And then what ended up happening is about three or four came to me when they found out the one had come. And then they all talked to me about it. And oh my goodness, it was clear that this person was sexually harassing them. But these were like medical doctors, very competent. You know, they could do surgeries, they could, you know, be leaders. But when it came to this subject, it was they were not certain and they were afraid. And so the fact that you've created this to me is so exciting to think that we have something in our pocket if we're uncertain that we can turn to. So with saying that, I want to pause for a second and just see if there's anything on either of your minds right now as we're getting started that either of you want to say before we get into some other questions about um, your relationship and how this all got started. I'm, I'm good. My poor husband has to hear the worst of it, so I'm not going to vent it here. <laughs> Thank goodness for those people in our lives that we get to vent to, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. that's true. I mean, I think, well, I, th I think we're all thinking about the people in Ukraine. Um, yes. That's definitely been on my mind. And, and even before we were talking about the, the threat of sexual assault uh, that's involved in war as a war crime. And so finding ways to, 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 to reach people before they're in those situations even not just war, but any in everyday situations. Exactly. And I think that's right. You know, I, many of people that are listening know that we've been doing a project through the Trauma Resource Institute about Ukraine. And that issue has come up about um, the things that people do to terrorize people are sexual assaults of men and women and people that identify that don't identify in a non-binary way, but okay. sadly also uh, towards children. Yes. And so what I think this is a very... Um, a very important topic right now. So if people are uncertain, they will have a better guide to help them. But let me well, just talk about, go ahead. Go ahead. Did you know oh, um, I was going to say that, you know, we often get the, um, in society, people talking about uh, rape being a crime of sex and a crime of passion and a crime driven by the sexual desires. But when we see these war crimes, it really tells us that rape is a crime of power and it is a crime of terrorism and it is a crime of complete domination. And so that's, I think it's, it, it, it's an interesting moment for all of, you know, anyone who ever had questions about that, it's like, no, if, if this were not a crime of power, it would not be a war crime. And, and everyone needs to understand how amazingly traumatizing and terrorizing these kinds of sex crimes are during <laughs> the rape is during war. And, and I think the other thing that I've been thinking a lot about, I live in a college town Well, Lauren and I live in a college town. And, you know, I often hear about the date rapes that happen amongst college students. Mm -hmm. And these are very fine colleges that are in our community. And, um, and sometimes people think if it was a date rape, there was somehow the person who was raped was asking for something and they mm -hmm. were putting themselves in a sexual position, not realizing what you're saying, Joelle, is about the the issues of power and terror that come in any situation when someone is assaulting someone physically. Right. So, I mean, if we go to, you know, we really think about it and I share this with my students all the time, rape is about power and control and the perpetrator needs two things in order to be successful. They need to have privacy and control, right? So if we can get to people again, educating them about what's okay and what's not okay and what's flirtation versus harassment versus assault. Um, I think that's where the change happens. And so it has to happen with young people. And I think that, that we get so many different messages about sexuality and about um, 
consent or not consent. And sometimes we don't get any information at all about any of it. So well, then right. like, I, yeah. what, do, what do we do? I mean, I mean, I'll, I can remember my mom, she was kind of a character. She told me that there was something in between um, the legs of young men that I should stay away from. I was mortified. That was my sex talk. So, and I mean, I can just remember, I can seem to still, still think of it now and going, oh my gosh, I can't believe she said that. Right. So um, hopefully we're getting better than that. Yeah. That was- well, I mean, sex education is a very dicey subject, right? People shy away from it. And, and I, some friend of mine was telling me about a book she was recently reading. I don't have it off the top of my head right now, but the authors were talking about the thing you were talking about with college uh, assaults. And they said, you know, here we live in this world where we, all we do is tell the students like the bad thing that can happen to them, you know, like, you know, don't get raped, don't rape anybody, but there's no education about how yeah, all the wonderful things about sex and sexuality. So it's like, they use the analogy of it's like, you know, for driver's ed, you you know, you you do all this practice before you get a license. Right. But it would be like saying, okay, I'm going to just have you watch a bunch of these videos of cars crashing. And then, and that's, and that's it. Right. It doesn't, and there seems to be something different in terms, I guess, maybe the, the, all the kind of moral judgments that have to do with our sexuality, but let me kind of get back to, I, I'm, I'm sure. really curious about when we talk about the app and just even talk about spot the line, what is spot the line and what's its mission? Lauren, why don't you take this one? Okay. Well, as you said, we're a new startup tech startup and our, our mission is really to eradicate all forms of sexual violence, whether it's sexual harassment, sexual assault, child sexual abuse. We want to, we want to prevent it from happening. We want to give people intervention tools, uh, being able to identify it. I mean, that is what you were talking about earlier is sometimes people don't even know for sure what was, whether what happened to them is even harassment. So this tool that we've created called the sexual harassment meter, which is an app, so that's the power in your pocket because it's in your phone, right? Um, is, is really designed to take, th- take a person through their situation, asking them a series of questions about what's happened to them that they're concerned about. And through the algorithm and the points, the way it's, you know, it's adding up and scoring, um, you'll get an outcome and it'll let you know, did that cross the line um, into, you know, probably legal sexual harassment, you know, or is it, hovering close or is it just kind of creepy or is it actually sexual assault? I mean, it can go either way on that um, spectrum. So what that does, I think for people is it gives that kind of um, subjective answer, right? Yes. I'm not sorry, subjective, objective answer. So it's not just about their own subjectivity and it gives them some tools and action steps to take, to move forward, to say, okay, now that this is where you are in this situation, here's what you can do moving forward to either eradicate it or address it in some way or report it or whatever needs to happen. It's giving people choices and saying, and validating, yes, this is a problem. Even if it's not legal sexual harassment, it's still a problem because you shouldn't be treated that way in the workplace, right? You shouldn't be uncomfortable. You shouldn't have to wonder whether your, um, your boss, that Pat was, you know, that they pat everybody on the shoulder or the lower back or wherever they touch them, was that appropriate or not? If it, if you, if it's happening multiple times and you're feeling uncomfortable and you've sort of kind of let them know, even with nonverbal body language that you're uncomfortable and they're still doing it, well, there's probably a problem there. And let's figure out how we can address it. 
Well, and so, I think that it's, oh, I'm sorry. Could no, you, no, no, go ahead. Go out, please. I want to hear um, your I think that it's important also to note when we talk about spot the line, we're te- we are a tech company and tech has gotten a very bad rap, especially in the dawn of social media, as far as, as a, a tool to foster and facilitate um, sexual harassment, online stalking, online bullying, um, the, you know, uh, grooming of children and teens. And at Spot the Line, we've realized that actually tech can do tremendous good. And by creating apps that are easy to use, non-intimidating, do not collect data, do not um, uh, impinge upon anything. And then what's th- that we are able to take this same tool that so many people have you know, convoluted to hurt to do tremendous good. And we have found that people, and there's multiple studies done on this, that people are far more likely to answer honestly to an app or a bot or some form online than they are to an actual person. And because we can guarantee this great confidentiality and a person can use it as many times as they want, they can evaluate scores of different incidents. And one of the when the app first launched, you know, you talk, you talk to your friends about it and, and friends of a certain generation will be like, well, you know, sexual harassment is such a gray area, such a, he said, she said. And I said, well, the reason why this app is so powerful is because it's not a gray area. There's a legal definition of sexual harassment. There's a legal definition of sexual assault. We are able to identify both through a a very short series of questions to see if either of these things have happened. Plus in the workplace, everyone should live in a place or work in a place where they feel safe. Therefore, um, it is not up to the person who is is the aggressor, so to speak, but, and it doesn't matter what their intent is. What matters is how the victim survivor is feeling in that particular situation. So someone could say, well, you know, I didn't mean to hit you and kill you in the car. Well, that doesn't make the the victim any less dead. And so we have to take that same view when it comes to sexual harassment. So if someone says, well, I didn't mean anything by it. It's like, well, that might've been your intent, but the effects on those that you harassed have been horrific. And that's a behavior that needs to change. And so we've been able to quantify this, put together an excellent algorithm and decision tree technology so that someone can instantly go through and ask these very simple questions for themselves in a particular situation or someone they know in a situation mm-hmm. and determine if it fits the legal definition determined by the EEOC of sexual harassment, whether it's actually sexually assault, because we sexual assault, because we know that people do tend to minimize these kinds of crimes. Or if it's a situation where intervention is needed because it's creepy. And if that, even if that isn't the person's and the aggressor's intent, if everyone else thinks it's creepy or the person who's receiving it thinks it's creepy as a behavior that needs to change. And it's so simple and easy to use. And, and, you know, it's, and I'm, and I'm wondering too, I was just thinking, I was talking to someone recently and they, and they were, they were recounting a story about someone in authority saying, well, boys will be boys. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is 2022. I could see this happening when I was a kid long, long ago. But to think that someone's saying that in 2022 is so egregious to me. I cannot believe it. But I mean, I'm also, I know it's just launched in in April, but I was thinking too, when I was younger and I would have been in high school or college and I would have seen this kind of behaviors and I had this app and I took the, you know, I saw the algorithms and they're saying, yes, you're being sexually harassed. I would say, 
oh, I am going to go show this to my friend because can we use this eventually then saying, I'm going to go, you know, talk to the RA at my, you know, on my campus and say, I just took this meter and this person is definitely sexually harassing me. It's almost like additional evidence. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as it gets more known. I I don't know if you've thought about how it might be used in those ways. It's certainly possible. Yes. I mean, anything that's going to help the person to take the next step forward. I mean, that's really what we're looking at. And we're also looking to prevent it from getting to the point of illegal sexual harassment. A lot of situations are brewing in a workplace where it's sort of like, you know, someone's being a little bit creepy, they get away with it. So then they up the ante, right? Rarely does harassment just go away on its own. It almost always gets worse. So if you can realize early on, oh, you know what, this is really not appropriate behavior for the workplace this needs to be dealt with, then it doesn't actually get worse and it doesn't go to that next level. And that's really my hope in the, in the prevention aspect of it. So and, go ahead. And aggressors will always downplay their, their role in this. They will always say, Oh, you know, I didn't do it or she misinterpreted or this and that, but there's nothing like a, a third party thing saying, you know, that was creepy. That's assault. That's this, that's that. Well, and, and also even, you know, the victims of harassment also tend to downplay, which is really why this app came to be is because I've been teaching sexual harassment prevention trainings at companies and, you know, corporations and law firms and wherever for a long, long time. And I would have people come up to me afterwards and say, oh, I don't know. Here's my situation. Is that really, you know, I didn't really want to say anything because, you know, I should just suck it up. Right. And I'm like, no, you, you shouldn't. It, just because it's not the Harvey Weinstein situation yes. doesn't, doesn't mean it's not a valid concern that, and, and that it's not okay and that you're not feeling safe. So this, this app will also help women, who, anybody, but particularly women, I think, um, to kind of recognize, oh, I, I was trying to act like this is not a big deal because this is my situation and I don't feel like I can leave. And really, it is a big deal. And I am being impacted by it. My, my mental health is being impacted by it in many instances right and so let's let's get let's deal with it well i think one of the things that i've seen too and i don't know if you either you want to comment about it is that sometimes like just even going back to that situation with those um the interns that i was working with is that there was such a fear about well if i tell someone then they're going to think i'm just such a like a wimp that i'm you know i'm complaining about a senior resident and i don't want to get that reputation and I mean, it really took a lot of convincing. They did end up going to human resources, but I went with them. And I think they felt because I was their ally that it helped put an emphasis on the kind of behaviors that were happening. But, you know, what if you work with a system and you're, you know, your boss is the one harassing you, you know, what do you do in that case? Well, well if you look at, you know, the reason that people are scared to come forward is because for time eternal, it, it was never a very positive experience. And so what this tool does, I mean, so if it's your boss harassing you, you have something to take to HR, you have something to take to a parallel um, boss, you have something to take to someone above them, or you have the right to say, I don't deserve to work in a situation like this, I quit. And this is, this is what employers, I think, will really begin to understand and appreciate. If you have a workplace where these kind of behaviors, these behaviors of harassment, creepy or serious sexual harassment, where these behaviors are condoned, swept under the rug, facilitated, so on and so forth, that's going to affect your bottom line. Mm -hmm. People aren't going to want to work for you. Word is going to get around that it's a harassing workplace. That So if, if employers are, they want to take care of their employees and they want to make sure that they increase the bottom line, it behooves them 
to make sure that these harassing behaviors don't take place and that their employees have the power to not only stop harassment, but to address it before it gets any worse and to have a full prevention tool in place. Because, I mean, let's face it, if everyone in a workplace has this meter on their phone and I'm a sexual harasser, I think I'm going to stop because it's like everyone's going to pull out their phone. I'm like, no, no. So it's it's a, a, a very effective prevention tool. Well, and that's why we are we are coming up the, the the version that's on the app store right now, which anybody can download. Um, that's for the individual to use. But we are going to have these corporate versions where a company can actually have their customized version and have a dashboard and get a sense of what's happening within their organization. And and then what Joelle just talked about can happen. Well, the fact that you just said that they can go online right now and download it from the app store. What is it called again? So that if people are listening, going, I want that on my phone right now. What's it called? Sexual harassment meter. That's pretty simple. Sexual harassment meter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and if it's they on want- both Android, it's at the Google Play Store and also Apple. Apple. And so then if, they, if someone's listening, they go, well, I want to talk to these two ladies because they're making a lot of sense to me. How would they find you through your, um, your webpage? Spottheline.com. That's easy too. Oh my goodness. Thank you that you've made these things so easy for my brain to remember. All right. That's very good. We're we're doing something right. We're doing something right. So one of the things I want to ask you too, because I mean, the two of you, you know, I've interviewed you before, but why did you guys decide to do this? And how did you get together to say, oh, we really have some good ideas here. So what about your lived experience brought you to this moment? Well, for me, it was, this is kind of like coming to this pinnacle of, I've been reaching people in courses, in trainings and workshops, you know, group by group. Um, And that's not really making a difference in the culture of harassment. And and of course, in rape culture that harassment lives in. And I believe that when this idea of an app was even brought to me, I was like, oh, this is a way we could reach many people in a very quick and easy way and actually begin to make that real shift to say what's, what's okay. And what's not okay. How do we treat each other uh, and, and, and start to change that. So that was what was exciting to me. I knew nothing about apps and tech and all of that as far as, you know, building one, but we brought on the people who knew how to build it. um, And, here we go. And that's just the first one. I want Joelle to tell you, I know Elaine, you're going to be super excited about the, our second app that's coming out this year that uh, Joelle is the, the lead on. Well, I'm really excited about it. Cause I'm thinking if you build it, they will come. That's I'm right. Just, of course, I've heard that from someplace. So that's just <laughs> kind of floated in the air. So, so Joelle over to you. So, well, I have been an advocate for other survivors of child sexual abuse and institutional cover-up for 20 some odd years now. And I realized about five or six years ago that um, we really lack the power of scale. Uh, the two in my, most, the majority of my work has been done against cover up in the Catholic church. And, and I always joke around saying, you know, the two worst things that happen to the Catholic church are universal literacy and the internet when it comes to covering up child sexual abuse. Because what it did was it got people together and it got them talking. But what I wanted to do was hit more of the prevention side because, you know, I could talk to, a thousand survivors, or I could talk to a thousand parents and what's going to have the bigger effect, the thousand parents. And so I um, realized that to get the power scale I needed, I had to go into prevention and use technology because I wrote a book about prevention and no parent has a time to read a book. 
So if we can take it and turn it into an app that's super easy to use, especially for new parents who just like, I only have two minutes, you know, so I can scroll through that can be extraordinarily effective. And so the next app that we were talking, um, that we're working on is the child safety meter. And what this does is it assesses behaviors associated with predatory sexual grooming. And that's what a predator uses to trick a kid into thinking child sexual abuse is okay. And in my work with survivors, the number one thing, and even I myself was just like, if, if adults had just understood the telltale signs of grooming, all this abuse could have been prevented. And now we're going to put that power in people's pocket through a series of questions that are either child focused, meaning I'm noticing this in my child um, and with this particular adult or adult focused. I work with an adult who's doing these things that make me very uncomfortable. Would it be something teachers could use? Exactly. Oh, yes. That's one of our prime targets. So yes. parents, parents serving and- organizations. Yeah. Parents, teachers, anyone who works with children will be able to use this. And it's based on, you know, it's evidence-based as well as um, uh, observational based on predatory sexual grooming and its effects. And then we can get ahead of this with the exact same kind of alert system and helpful empowerment tools and intervention tools. And, you know, there are gonna be questions that a parent, you know, hits yes to and boop, it instantly comes up to, you need to report this right now. Here's how, here's the link to report immediately. Because so, even that the reporting process, I mean, there's so many, cause I'm, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I have made reports like this. And even for me, who's I'm very well-trained, you'd go, well, is this reportable or not? You know, and there would be that question. What I would do it, I would always call CPS and say, well, this is the situation. Can you tell me, I think it's reportable. They go, oh, it's reportable. Like, go ahead and give me the report. Right. Right. But there is that little doubt because we know there's consequences. Yes. And what we're seeing. And we don't want to necessarily make a report that we, you know, that we're going to be bringing a lot of focus on someone's life. Right. And for parents, it's a little different because as non-licensed reporters, when they report, they can just report a suspicion. It's not their job to investigate. It's not their job to be professional about it. It's just their job to report. And that simple reports can change a life. Well, and the other thing too, is that even in my position, I mean, we're not making that judgment. We're just saying there's a suspicion. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is that it's not about, we know for sure, but we're making, we're just having a we, right. we, we see enough factors that are worrisome for us, but you know, it's time for our break. Okay. And so look at that. We haven't even gotten to any of the questions we prepared yet. <laughs> this happens to me. Every time I see the two of you, we start talking and <laughs> we're going, oh my goodness, we're going to have to do another show. Well, we, we still have another halfway to go. So um, we will be back with, with Joelle and um, with Lauren in just a few minutes, and they will continue this lively conversation. And we have some really wonderful questions to ask them about the app and how you can utilize it. I mean, we're just getting started. So I am so excited to, um, to have you both here again, and we will be back in just a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. The Trauma Resource Institute is a nonprofit organization cultivating trauma informed and resiliency focused individuals and communities worldwide. Our mission is to take people from despair 
to hope. We believe in a world where every child and adult has the capacity to recover from highly stressful and traumatic experiences. Check out iChill, our free app that helps you learn the wellness skills of the community and trauma resiliency models. Go to traumaresourceinstitute.com for more information. Elaine Miller Karras book, Building Resiliency to Trauma, The Trauma and Community Resiliency Models is available on Amazon.com. The book is about how to cultivate resiliency during and in the aftermath of traumatic experiences. The book also addresses body-based trauma interventions combined with psychoeducation about the biology of trauma and resiliency. Elaine also offers personal consultations. For more information, you can contact her at Elaine at ResiliencyWithin.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Elaine Miller Karras co-founded the Trauma Resource Institute, Incorporated. The Institute provides trainings on the models Elaine developed, the Community Resiliency Model, or CRM, and the Trauma Resiliency Model, or TRM. If you would like more information about the Trauma Resource Institute or how to participate in trainings, visit the Institute's website at traumaresourceinstitute.com. That's traumaresourceinstitute.com. Trauma Resource Institute. Build resilience. Awaken hope. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Resiliency Within with Elaine miller Karras. To reach the show during our live broadcast, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to elaine at resiliencywithin.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I'm with Joelle Castex and with Lauren Rozelle. We're talking about the uh, organization they founded, Spot the Line, and we are talking about a very exciting app that is free. And what's the name of that app again? Sexual Harassment Meter. All right. And you can, they can go to, their, to the App Store, the Android or the Apple Store right now. And they can download it. They can download it. And it's it's super easy. I even have it here on my phone. Simple questions to go through and answer. And uh, you can get great results to help you prevent and um, stop unwanted sexual harassment or sexy behavior. Yeah. And I was also thinking it's probably really important just for everybody just to, I'm going to go ahead and, and download it on my, my phone as well as, as soon as we're done today. Because even if you're not being sexually harassed right now, I would think it would be good to have it. Because if you thought, oh my goodness, that was very strange or creepy, right. let me just get my little app out and I'm going to ask, you know, answer these questions because I can then immediately find out if I have no one to talk to. Oh, well, my app is saying this is creepy and this is not okay, <laughs> right? So, I mean, because I can imagine there's a certain, I think I've seen this in, in others, um, even in myself sometimes, but, you know, you don't want to really talk to someone yet. You want to see 
kind of check it out. That's right. So actually have something in your hands that you can ask a question to that's interactive. Right. I think that's really powerful. We do too. We do too. And also a free insurance policy, you know, it, it, you have it and it's going to, whether or not you need it, it's there. It's just a free insurance policy. And it may not be you. It may be a friend who comes and says, this just happened to me. And you can be like, oh, you know what? Let's look and see where, where does that land? Let's see. And the other part of this, Elaine, which we haven't talked much about here, but I think that you would be very pleased with when you see the app is that we have a whole section of empowerment tools which is really to help people get through this difficult time and, and to be able to do some self-care and, you know, reach out for support if they need it and kind of just validating that, that, Hey, this is rough and we know it. And, and oh, are you- I'm so, I didn't know about that. It's so exciting yeah. because I can just imagine you're going, Oh my gosh, that person really is doing that to me. And then being so upset. And then there's, is there like a little screen that you can push? And then all of a sudden you got the empowerment tools. Yeah. So it, it, you, you just have to click on it. There's action steps, which I talked about before, which is, you know, what do I do next? Or what are some options about what I could do next? And then there's the, a whole empowerment tool section. And um, I should probably have you review it for the next round when we're putting Well, there you updates. go. I'd be, I'd be happy to do that. So let me ask you another question though. I think that, you know, I know that there's, there are other reporting platforms and what makes the sexual harassment meter different? Mm. So we're not so much about the reporting, although I think for the customized version, some of the companies will add that option to be able to report. Um, you're right. Most of them are, that are out there that have to do with sexual harassment are about reporting, which is great because anything that can get people to report, any, anything that's going to get them to overcome that hump um, that's a really difficult one to do is, is important. So we're happy they're out there. What nobody has the app that we have in the sense of helping them to assess the situation in the first place. Like what is really going on here? How bad is it? Is this something that I should think about reporting um, or not? And doing it in real time. That's, that's, right. that's important too. You can do it in real time. Yeah. I would think that that would make it, you know, like, Oh, I've got this thing that I can check in right now. Cause what just happened between me and that person was, was, blah. And so you could even go into the restroom and put the app right. on and have no one see you and be able to, to answer those questions. So I can see, but I guess the question that I have for you, cause I'm, cause I, I, you know, living in a college town, having raised my, myself to teenagers, I think this is so important for schools to have and for um, every college campus. I mean, it really seems like the whole date rape thing is so rampant right now. Well, Elaine, now you're getting way ahead of us because okay. that's, our, that's our third app is the college safety app. Oh gosh. <laughs> I think well, I, I need to buy some stock in your business. <laughs> well, that would, you know, there is investment opportunities. If, okay. there, if anybody out there is interested, we're definitely in that startup phase. So that's, that's for so sure. So what's the college app going to be? So that's really going to be an educational tool for college age students to be able to understand about consent and, you know, the role of alcohol and, you know, just really getting a, a, a handle on what is okay and what's not okay. And then also just like this meter, being able to address something that's already happened. Okay. So I've had the situation, where does it land on the meter? But really for me, and it's always been about prevention for me, anything we can do before the situation's happening, right? So if a college were to, you know, purchase our app uh, to provide to all their students, 
let's say you have to do it part of your orientation. You have to go through this app and you have to answer these questions and this, you know, educational tool. And then junior year, somebody uh, assaults someone who was drunk and then, and they get in trouble for it, right? Because that's illegal. And they can't say, oh, I didn't know that that wasn't legal. I didn't understand because, oh, actually, Two years ago, you actually went through an educational system here that showed you that's exactly what that is. So no, we know that you know. So there's no, there's yeah, no, I, no yeah, way to get out of it. I just think it's so important for the people that are perpetrating these the sexual harassment. You know, it's like the education for them. I mean, okay. is it something that we could diminish that um, the incidence of sexual harassment and assault if there is more education Absolutely. for a young person to say, if, a, if someone says, no, I don't want to do this, no means no. And if As the person's to, intoxicated, you know, that may be a time that you want to escort the person to their dorm room and not to take them to your do dorm room and sexually, you know, sexually yeah. assault them when they're not able to give consent. Right. I'm, I'm reminded of a quote and I don't remember who it is. You might know Elaine. Um, um, for women, for men, no is a complete sentence. And for women, it's the beginning of a negotiation. Yes. You I know? do not remember. I've heard it before, but that's exactly <laughs> yes, right. But and I mean, that is really, it, it is, it does come with education. I mean, I just found out recently at a middle school in a very nice community, um, an eighth grade boy went up to a girl and said, I'm going to rape you. Oh my goodness. I mean, you know, does he understand what he's saying there? what he's implying she certainly was afraid and startled and you know i mean how can that be happening right because of education we're not we're not talking about these issues and then i think the pandemic has really impacted young people yeah. in their immaturity level because they haven't had as much socialization and yet their hormones are starting they're still kicking in at the same time and so they they don't know how to interact with each other so it's super important so so yes we're going to be definitely offering something for well, and i think because the the generations of children right now that and and you know young adults they've grown up with social media. I didn't grow up with social media. I don't think probably either of you did either. And so yet it's so influential. Right. And I if mean, we don't use these kinds of platforms, I think then we're not going to reach as many people because people don't necessarily, like you said, read a book, but they go online and say, okay, I think, I think I'm being sexually harassed, but how do I find that? Maybe I'm not. So right. hopefully, you know, this, the meter will, will pop up and people can give themselves that evaluation. Well, and let's, let's look at how the teenage brain and the young adult brain and even the child brain works. Do any of them like to be lectured by an adult about what's right and wrong? No, they want to, they want to figure it out on their own. And, and these, the apps, especially sexual harassment meter, even for younger kids is a great way to realize to have someone who's not mother doing this or teacher doing this saying, oh my God, no one told me that was wrong. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of people who are engaging in sexual harassment. When nobody tells you what's wrong, you're just going to assume it's right. And well, so and we've had some very powerful political figures and other figures um, kind of demonstrate to us that they didn't think it was wrong, sadly. And so we hate to get to the point where the person ends up going to prison for what they've done. If we could do it, you know, wind it back and say, no, it doesn't matter if it's Bill Cosby. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Harvey Weinstein and it doesn't matter who they may be in terms of their power. That's right. Harassment and assault 
is not something that is to be tolerated. And what an app does, and it touches on what you just said, is it evens the playing field. It evens the playing field for the survivors and victims. Everyone has, they come in from an exactly equal place with the exact same opportunities and it equals a playing field for the aggressors. So someone like a Harvey Weinstein or a Bill Cosby is held to the same standard as the dude who lives at the end of my condo complex. So it's, you know, it's, it really evens a playing field and dramatically increases accessibility. And, you know, even in these last few years with everyone zooming for work and, and, you know, doing virtual or working from home, it, everyone thought, I, I knew this was not going to be the case, but lots of people were like, oh, sexual harassment's going to not be a problem for a while now because we're not in the same space. No, that's actually not true. I mean, it, it, of course it's happening on Zoom and it's happening just how it happens on social media. Um, so even if, even if you're not in a workplace with other people, or even if you're not, let's say you don't even, you're not in a workplace situation right now. Should you download the app? Yes, you yes. should. Absolutely. Because it's not just about the legal sexual harassment in the workplace that we want you to be able to address and identify and be able to uh, work through. Well, and that's another question that I have for you, because I think that people are also very leery. If I have my app, this just happened to me because, you know, that we have an app that we created called iChill and someone just asked me for the very first time, well, do you collect my data? And what are you going to do with this information if you do? Well, we don't collect their data. So, um, this is my question. Um, what about data and your app? And I think, Joelle, you wanted to address that. Well, our primary goal is accessibility. And we do not sacrifice privacy for accessibility. So when you look at social media or whatever, you know, it's all accessible and free, but you pay. You, you are the, the, the product because you're paying with your data. We do not collect data. We have some opt-in demographic data that people can opt in and say, I'm this age and so on and so forth. But for the individual user right now, we are not collecting data. Now, as we go on and we have, um, if we, it's, uh, it's called a white label. So if a corporation says, oh, I wanna have this meter, we can ensure privacy, but provide that opt-in for reporting because what we want is not only to encourage people to use the app for a particular situation for them, but we want them to use it over and over and over and over again for their kid, for their husband, for something that they saw that they're just a third party to. And the more they use it, the more they will learn. And you, you don't want to collect that kind of data because it's, no, it's, it's no. junk data. It's, and so yeah. again, our privacy and confidentiality are ultimately important. And yeah, we, I, I think the question that, that, that came to me was like, do we save their email and then send it to some third party for oh, advertisement? Yeah. So, right. I mean, oh. that's, that was not something that you would Right. Do we don't even know. collect emails. So <laughs> yes. what, what we, what we are collecting when we're asking for that demographic data, we are collecting, we are saving that data, but it's not connected to any one person. Right. Um, we could, it's like we, wanting to find, I think we did that too. Like who's coming, you right. know, who's this being, you know, because and, we want to more show or less to, you want to make it your app better. It's not to do anything that would be putting them in danger um, um, in exposing their confidentiality That's and right. their privacy. That's and right. It's and it's opt-in. So it, it doesn't, it does not affect your ability to use the meter. Well, like, I'm glad we're talking yeah. about that because I think these are are obviously important issues regarding social media right now. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, um, that's okay. I Lauren. just was going to add that, um, you know, when we get some of that data, like we might find out the percentage of men who are using this because it's not just for women, right? So if we're seeing, oh, we have a lot of male 
users who are in that victimized position, that's, that's, that's going to be good to educate the public and educate people who are doing trainings and who are addressing this issue on lots of different levels. If we can give them data on a really large scale of look how many people are having this experience. That's the kind of thing we want to be. Well, doing. I guess that this is kind of, a, 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 we didn't talk about this question. It just came to my mind. Okay. Well, would someone who was a perpetrator, could they use your app to find out how far they could go? <laughs> I know. I mean, I have to answer, ask that question. I'm so sorry. I mean, no, jo- I, I, Joelle's looking a little quizzical right now going, no, one's I, that I, that I it won't draw them a roadmap, but it will tell them if what stuff they have done has broken the law. But it's not, it's not going to, they're not going to be able to, because the questions are randomized at a certain point and then some do branch off of others. So it's not like someone's going to say, okay, so I can go right to here and then it's, it's harassment or something. Right. Well, and also what I thought you were going to ask Elaine is could someone use this to to decide whether they had accidentally harassed someone? Yes. Well, that would be the other question. And it's a lot kinder than the question. Yes. Well, I'm going to answer them both. I'll answer them both in my, my perspective. So the answer is yes, they could, but of course some of it's, subjective to the person who was on the receiving end so they couldn't really answer for them so they wouldn't have it it wouldn't be completely accurate but it would give them a a sense of it and there are a lot of people that I've talked to a lot of men who've said I really want to be a good guy and I don't think I'm a harasser but I don't know should I should I if I'm having someone in my office uh, for a meeting if I'm having a woman should I keep the door open like is that something I should do I mean they're asking these really valid questions which means that the, the, the chances of them actually being a problematic harasser are very, very low, right? Because they actually have the awareness of it. The other question that you're asking is, could they use it, you know, for, for evil? <laughs> um, uh, I, I agree with Joelle. I don't think that there's a real, and, and even, if, even if it wasn't about legal versus illegal, our, our app is about helping to identify things before they get to the most egregious right, level. Right. So and, he, he yes. would be called out, that person who's, testing it out he would be probably called out for that behavior before it did cross the line well and that kind of gets to my next question is that um sexual harassment can be a gray area um so how do you account for this how does the app determine what is harassment and what isn't harassment well, we're going by the EEOC guidelines for legal. now what's EEOC if you can you know tell us what that is because not everybody will know what that means it's the Equal wait, Opportunity wait, Employment wait. Commission. Equal I, Employment Opportunity Commission. EEOC. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There so there's go. a commission, so that we know yes. that what that yes. is. So it's like a a bona fide kind of yes. governmental. They are a regulatory agency. agency that creates laws that deal with safety in the workplace in accordance with the ADA and other civil rights laws. So they're also the people who make sure that you're ADA compliant and that you aren't hiring children and that you are following all the laws necessary in the United States to have a safe workplace. And they do create and enact laws and regulations as a regulatory agency does, kind of like the EPA does, the Environmental Protection Agency. So it's federal. It is federal. And, and to go back to a question you asked in the first half hour, um, if your your harasser was your boss and there was no HR department to go to and no no one above that person, you could make a report to the EEOC. And does it take like 10 years for them to respond? No. Or do they do it quickly? Not, well, they have, they have to agree to take on the case, right? They have to say, yes, this is actually problematic. Now, well, but, so that's a question I have for you. Is this something that you 
that you have like talked to them to say, this is what we have so that they could use the meter in terms of the determination of whether something is harassment or not? Or is that something that you hope will unfold in time? You mean to the EEOC? Yes. Uh, well, they, they don't need it because they know, right? They're, they're aware of what, where that line is. It's just the average person doesn't know. But certainly I would want them to be aware of our, of our tool and, and hopefully be able to. Well, I've got a lot of marketing ideas for you too. <laughs> well, and, and the last thing you want to do, to do is have the government make an app. Like, okay, that's not oh, no, yes. successful. <laughs> but um, yeah, because there is a, there's a lot of opportunities there for strategic partnerships with various agencies and things like that. Um, and um, depending on if we decide to branch into a nonprofit arm as well, there's grants and all kinds of things. But even on the even on the for-profit side, because we're a women-owned business, because we are a mission-driven organization, there are tons and tons of partnership uh, opportunities there that can help guarantee equity and safety for everyone. Well, I was just thinking like, um, I know that you've been associated, Lauren, with Peace Over Violence, so have I. I mean, organizations, Peace Over Violence is a very large organization within Los Angeles County. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you see that there's gonna be intersections between you and oh, organizations like that? Oh, it's quite possible. I definitely, I had, uh, I gave the app in its beta form to the executive director there, Patty Giggins, and- um, we've, we've interviewed her on this show, actually. Okay, Patty's yes. been, so been interviewed. Anyway, so she's excited about it, and uh, definitely we're we're kind of moving into that phase of okay, how are we going to start to really partner, like Joelle's saying, with different people to get this out there because it's not going to be helpful if people don't know it. <laughs> they don't know it exists, right? We have to get it on people's phones, and the the crazy stuff that people put on their phones. My gosh, you have room for one more app when it's something that could really make a difference. Well, and this is something I wanted to ask you too as well, because when we talked the first go around, um, I didn't think that the app was going to be free. And now I see that it's free. I'm delighted to see that. So can well, you we talk do a have, little? Yeah, we, yeah. We, want, we wanted to make it as accessible as possible. I mean, you shouldn't have to pay to figure out what's happening in your life as far as harassment goes. But we also are a business that wants to you know, build more apps and reach more people. So what we did was we have a... a Pay on the back end if you if you felt like it was useful to you and it gives options um, for you to click on what you thought it was worth for you. So we've had people oh, we've had people nice. donate a dollar. We've had people donate twenty five dollars. I mean, it's not donate. It's not it's not a tax deductible donation, but it is. You are you're they're contributing to what you're doing. That's, that's right. A, that's a very nice. I'm really. I think Joelle has decided. a great way. Joelle has a great way of saying it. <laughs> Well, it, it's the pay what you want model. And a lot of organizations, especially those that are mission driven are using that. So like Truebill, if you want to figure out if you're paying too much, they have a pay what you want model. Um, a lot of people who provide courses on the internet, pay as you go model, because or not pay as you go, I'm sorry, pay what you want model, because, you know, we want the people who need it the most to get it. And those who are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I have I would pay five times as much as this, and so I will. And we find that people always tend to be a little more generous, and it it gives a it allows people to show that they really believe our app and our mission has value. Well, I love that you did that. That people can choose, and so and that no one is turned away because they can't pay to um, figure out whether they're being harassed or not. It's such a because I think the other thing as a as a as a therapist um, for so many years is that it's such, it can, can lead to such a soul loss when people have been sexually assaulted. And I, I don't think sometimes people realize how it really can impact 
every part of our mind, body, and spirit. So to think that it could be preventative is such a, to me, I'm just, I'm so impressed with the two of you and appreciate both of you so much. You know, we only have a few minutes left. So I want to give each of you like one little sentence to say in closing right now, what would you like to say to our listeners? It's in all of our hands to make our homes and workplaces safer. And if the sexual harassment meter can be one part of that, then we certainly hope that everyone will take advantage of it. Thank you, Joelle. And how about for you, Lauren? Well, just piggybacking on that, I just would ask everybody to download the app. Right now we're in that first month or two, and it really makes a difference um, if we can get the numbers built up. Um, with people downloading it and checking it out and giving us feedback. We're, we're welcome. We welcome feedback because we want to make it better and better. Um, so not only will, could your list, you as a listener download it, but tell one of your coworkers. And have them okay. So one more time, what's the name of the app? Sexual harassment meter found on the app store or Google play. And, and, you can also- your, and your webpage, if they want to contact you. Spottheline.com. All right. Well, thank you, Joelle and Lauren. We have to get together again for lunch because we don't live far from each other because it's just lovely to, to, to talk with you. And I, and I think it's admirable that you are doing this. And I know that it's also come, come out of some personal suffering on your parts as well in the work that you've done in the world. So I think this is another, you know, message that we always leave our listeners is even though something really difficult may have happened to you, or you've witnessed it in the stories of others, that there's something else that could be true. What else is true about how you can change the world? And the two of you are doing that. So out of suffering can come great meaning and purpose. And I think you two are examples of that for all of us. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you, Elaine. Coming Thank from you, you, that means a great deal. Because well, you and you know, I, I feel that from the bottom of my heart about both of you. So until we meet again, listeners, we will be back next Monday. Um, And again, we will share some very resilient stories from some amazing people trying to change the world. So this is Elaine Miller-Karras signing off for Resiliency Within today. Thank you so much for joining us this week for Resiliency Within. Please tune in again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Elaine Miller-Karras, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon.